I think children know a little bit more about forgiveness than we do, yet maybe they're trying to apply it in a way that they understand. And uh, sometimes we feel like that. And what better way to learn about forgiveness than children? I mean, isn't it true that the way they forgive is not like how we forgive? We, we take time. We, we look at the circumstances. We weigh out everything. We, we try to find out who's at fault. And then with children, they could care less. They just look at the facts and then they just go for it. And if they have to be friends after, then they're going to be friends. In this series called It's Time, we're going to be talking about it's time for forgiveness. Now, that's a difficult subject to talk about. And it's a, a difficult subject to apply or a difficult action to apply. Yet it's really simple when we understand what forgiveness is all about. And so you can take out your notes and it will help you to follow along. I want to read to you a story found in Matthew chapter 18. And this is Jesus giving a parable, a story, an illustration about what forgiveness is all about. And if you do have your Bibles, you can turn there. If not, I'll read it to us. Matthew chapter 18, verse 23. And I'll read till about verse 35. Jesus speaks this. He says, he says the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and that payment be made. The servant, therefore, fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. Now, a talent and a denarii is completely different. A talent was the, was the most expensive weight. That was the highest of all weights. So a denarii was considered like a penny, and a, uh, a, a talent was like 75 pounds. So in this story, it's about the 10,000 talents are, is equivalent to about $7 billion in our day today. The denarii that he, that, that servant owed the king's servant was about $10,000. So you can see the disparity of the two differences in the 7 billion versus 10,000. So his fellow servant who owed him 100 denarii, he, he was with that uh, servant and he laid hands on him and took him by the throat saying, pay me what you owe me. Same thing his master said to him. Now that servant is telling his own servant, pay me what you owe me. <laughs> yeah, I've just been forgiven $7 billion, but you owe me 10 grand. So that's what he's telling him. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Now, the same thing he said, right, to his king or his master. His fellow servant is saying to him, but this is his response. He would not forgive him, but went and threw him into prison until he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servant saw what he had done... They were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. 
Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I have pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. And then Jesus ends with this. He says, So my heavenly Father will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. So Jesus was saying, God forgave you $7 billion and you have a hard time forgiving someone ten grand. God has a heart of compassion. Best way to illustrate it is let's just say in our, 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 our time today and, and we'll kind of mix in the Bible times with today. Let's just say I'm the king, I'm the master and I have a servant and my servant owes me $7 billion. Okay, if you had $7 billion, you'd be ranked 102 most richest in the world, okay? So $7 billion. Let's say I'm the king. So let's just go into story mode, okay? Use your imaginations. I'm the master. I know, I know it's hard to believe. Just, just use your imagination, okay? Yishi! Servant! Yes, master. Yes, master. Okay. Uh, according Where's to master? my books, yes. you owe me $7 billion. Yes. Pay up. You know what? I have some great news because I, I like took great that, news. I took that money yes. and I invested. I met this guy in Kell Shopping Center okay. parking lot. Okay, good. Okay. And, and seven billion. You know, he sold me on a dream. Okay. Okay. And you know, it's you ever heard of a hibachi in the car? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna name it. I'm gonna name it the car BQ. Okay. Right. Yeah. You know, and then wait, wait, wait. I know you might be skeptical, but you know what? Skeptical. I can see the, yeah, I can see the future, and it's well done. Yeah, I can see the future. Your car will be well done. So. <laughs> Yes. Okay, so that's, that's a good adventure. Yeah, you yeah. can do that yes. with your money. Yes. So where's my $7 billion you owe me? Like I said, I invested. Oh, hang I on. gave it to Watch him. Watch your tone, buddy. Yeah. You're my servant. Yes, yes, I understand. Yes. Yes. I just need my $7 billion. You can do your barbecue. It's a yes. great idea. You can go on that adventure, but I need my seven grand right now. My uh, $7 billion I, I, right now. I don't, I don't have it right now. Well, then uh, here's what's going to have to happen. I'm going to have to sell you because I can make some money off of you. So I'm going to sell you. Actually, you, you're not going to be worth $7 billion. You're like $4. So I'm going to have to sell your wife and your children. I'm going to have to. That's the only. Your wife is worth me more than you. So I have to sell your wife. I have to say, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't touch my shoes. I just shined my shoes. Hey, 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 hey. Listen. Please, All you sir. have to do is give Master. me back my seven billion dollars. Didn't tell you you smell good today. Yeah. You look good. Yes. Okay. I understand that. Listen. Okay. Master. I tell Please. you what. I tell you what. Because my heart goes out to your children, and your spouse, and of course you. Please, I'll pay I know, it off. I know I'll, you. Okay. I'll you. Pay it off. I, you know what? Please. I'll forgive you your Please. debt. I'll forgive you your debt. Really? Yeah. You can stand up now. You don't have to. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Stop Trevor. touching my shoes. Let me, let me can you, you just, just get up? Get up. Hey. Get up. Just get up. Okay? You're forgiven. Okay? Thank you. Can we shake on that? Thank you. All right. Oh, yes. Thank you. Did I tell you you look good today? Yes. You can, you can stop kissing up. You. You're already you. forgiven. Thank you. Master. Yes. You're the best. Okay. Thank you. Right. Now go. Enjoy your time with your family. So now... 
His servant goes out, finds his own servant, which is me now. So let's see what he does to his servant who owes him $10,000 compared to $7 billion. I know my master's around here somewhere. There's my master. Hey, please, master! It's so good to see you. Yeah, yeah. It's so good to see you. Hey, did I tell you you look great today? You smell great. Yeah, you know, look I'm, at your shoes. Look at these sandals. Nice. Yeah, look at these I got sandals. At the mall. Beautiful. I like those Kale Shopping Center. Yes, I like yeah. that. Yes. You know what? I'm glad what I saw you. What can I do you? for you, master? Yes. You know what? Um, yes. Remember the money I lend you? Yes, I yeah. remember. Well, you know what? I need it today. Okay. <laughs> I, need, I need it today. Right. Why are you laughing? It wasn't because, no, no, no. Okay, because it's, What's funny? What, what, okay, what happened was well, I had the money because you gave me the money and then I invested it. What did you invest in? So this, this, this is an idea called the barbecue that I wanted to invest in. And so Sounds I put familiar, my money yeah. into that. There's this guy that was selling these products. So it's, it's like a hibachi in the car. No, that's my idea. You, know, you can't oh, do well, that. Well, then I'm let's partner pay. together. <laughs> no, honestly, I'm the master. You know what? Okay. Pay up now. I, I don't have your money. What, I just told you I don't, do you I don't, I don't have money? your money. Please forgive me. I don't, I don't have your money. Please, please. You got to do better than that. Come I, on. I, I, okay, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm okay. sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. This is, this is beautiful. What is yes, that? Is, Velvet? Yes. You know what? This is, I need the money. Beautiful. Can you get the money today? Now. I, I, right I, now. I, can't, I can't. Okay. You know what? I'm sorry. I'm very angry. You know what? You just go off to prison. Just, just go off to prison. <gasps> yeah. They're going to take you. They're going to take you. What kind of deal is that? No. I'm sorry. Oh, man. So the king hears about what just took place, and so now the king is furious about what just took place. So now he has to call his servant back. Ishi! Ishi! Yes, Ish! master. Yes. Yes, master. Hi. Sorry, How I, come I, I could hear your voice without even seeing you? You look good. Well, thank you. Can sit down. Come here. Oh, man. Okay. Remember the other day, we were talking about the money you owed yes, me. Yes, thank you, thank <laughs> yeah. you. How much did you owe me? A lot. A lot. Yes. Yeah. Now, I forgave you that. Yes. Didn't you just go to your servant, tell him to pay up with the money he owed you, which were pennies compared to what you owed me? Yeah. Well, why'd yes. you do that? Well, he owed me money. I know he owed you. I, owed I, I me worked. money. Yeah, but and that's I forgave separate. you that. That's, that's not separate. It is. I forgave you seven billion dollars. He owed you ten thousand dollars. Yeah, but I worked hard for that money. You know. You and, don't think I, I worked hard for my money? Yes, you do. And absolutely. But you forgave me. I did forgive. you. I had compassion for you. Shouldn't you have had compassion on your servant? He owed See, me that money. That's the problem. See, you're, you're you're not even listening to the principle of you being forgiven your debt. Listen, the debt that you were forgiven is a whole lot more than what he owed you. Which means it cancels out any other debts that you should have had with other people. Yes. But because of that, I'm going to have to send you to the torturers. No, until you pay every last penny. I didn't make that choice. You made that choice. I'm sorry. I know you're sorry, but you're not sorry because of what you did. You're sorry because you got caught. So I'm sorry, you gotta go. No, Master, please. You had the opportunity. I gave you the opportunity. You gotta go. Sorry. Please, Master. No, you gotta go. Sorry. Please. Okay. I know. I know. And believe me, I still have compassion for you, but it was your choice. 
I'm sure you'll learn after. I'll see you later. So now he's thrown into prison. Actually, worse than prison, he's now being tortured. In other words, when we don't understand what true forgiveness is, we torture ourselves. We actually choose to be tortured due to unforgiveness. In this series called It's Time, this is, this is God's compassion for us. He looked throughout history and he saw what mankind was doing. He saw that we weren't forgiving people. We weren't that type of people. We were just kind of holding it against other people, living in resentment and bitterness and anger. And God said, it's time to forgive. And so he sent us his one and only son. God modeled for us what it means to forgive much. Let's look at our notes. Galatians 4, verse 4. It says, in the fullness of time. And God speaks in this way because he sees everything from beginning to end. It says, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. In other words, Jesus knew everything about the ways of God growing up. He knew about what it meant to forgive. He knew about what it meant when someone did a wrong against you. And he grew up in the laws of God. Romans 4, excuse me, 5, verse 6, it says, When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. See, God saw the perfect time to bring his forgiveness so that we would see that it's time to forgive. Many of us hold unforgiveness as a result of not knowing how to forgive. Because there's a distrust, there's a broken heart or hurt there. But just like our children, when, they, when our children fight, I mean, we've seen our children fight. They'll fight over the, the most mundane things, the most uh, tiniest of things, and they'll fight over it. And then we as parents, we say, you know, I can't take it anymore. All you guys are going to get grounded. All, you, all of you are going to get lickings. All of you, stand up in a row. But it wasn't my fault. I don't care whose fault it was. Everyone is grounded. Everyone is going to get lickings. It's almost like... The parent's anger is satisfied when the children are punished, when the children are grounded, because we're trying to teach them a lesson about fighting or forgiveness. And so God, in watching us and how we choose not to forgive, he said, yes, I'm angry because you're not, you're not forgiving one another. But this is what God did. Instead of him taking out his anger on us, he sent us his son so that he could take out his anger on his own son who died on the cross for us. Now, I might say, wow, that's kind of a harsh thing to do. Why would you do that to your own son? That's how much God loves us, that he was willing to pay for our sins. And so God came in human form and paid the price for our sins. He showed us what true forgiveness really looks like. He went through the pain and suffering so that we don't have to. Jesus has forgiven us so much because of his great love for us. And when we understand how much he has forgiven us and how much he loves us, only then will we be able to forgive other people. Because of his forgiveness, we now have the power and grace to forgive others. And so that's what we're going to learn today, how forgiveness 
releases us to love others the way God intended us to love others. Now, children, they'll say, I'm sorry, out of an, an innocent heart. You know, they don't, they don't really understand the full capacity of forgiveness, yet they're on to something. And Jesus said, you must become like little children. Have that kind of childlike faith. Not childish, but childlike faith. And as adults, we've developed enough wisdom and experience to hold on to bitterness, to hold on to anger, resentment, as well as seek ways to revenge or seek ways to get back at someone else. But that's not how God intended us to live. And we can all learn to forgive and offer forgiveness in these three ways. And we're going to go with three simple ways. And the first one is this, and you can write this in your notes if you're taking notes, to receive God's forgiveness. Now, we hear about God's forgiveness. We hear how, how loving God is, but how often do we not receive God's forgiveness? And forgiveness might be difficult to receive as well as to give because it has to do with us feeling the need for payment. That someone did a wrong against you, someone did a wrong against me, so we, we feel that someone needs to pay for this. Someone needs to be punished for this, so I'm going to hold on to resentment. I'm going to hold on to bitterness so that you feel the pain of what you did to me. And payment comes in various forms, revenge, bitterness, anger, hurt, or resentment. And Jesus saw the need for repayment and paid for it with his life. He saw that we would need to pay for revenge. He saw that we, we were people who said, no, someone has to pay for that, that sin, so I'm going to get revenge. And Jesus saw the need for the payment, our payment that we felt we needed to have on revenge, so he used his life to satisfy the spirit of revenge because that's what happened to him on the cross. The religious people wanted to get back at Jesus for all the things that he had done that made them look bad. And so Jesus said, I understand. So I'm, gonna, I'm going to pay for the spirit of revenge. And he took that on the cross. He took on the need for bitterness, that we, we need to feel bitterness and he used his life to satisfy the spirit of bitterness. And he put it on the cross. He took the need for us wanting to be angry. And he used his life to satisfy the spirit of anger. He took on the need for us to feel hurt. And used his life to satisfy the spirit of hurt. And he took on the need for us to want to feel resentment. And then used his life to satisfy the spirit of resentment. And he nailed it on the cross and put it to death. In fact, when Jesus was on the cross, all of, all of these feelings that we have, these spirits of resentment and, and, and anger, all of, that, all of those feelings that we have, Jesus responded in this way. In Luke 23, verse 34, this is what Jesus was saying on the cross. Father, forgive them. For they do not know what they are doing. See, when we choose to be resentful or we, we even have a spirit of hurt in us or we're wounded, Jesus said, they don't, they don't know what they're doing. So, Father, forgive them. It's like Jesus brought power into the word forgiveness. And it's not just an act that we do. It's actually a spirit that moves through us. And we don't know what we're doing half the time. That can lead us into areas of unforgiveness. We just, we're just led into it and then we hold on to unforgiveness. And just like parents, when we ground our children, 
it satisfies us as parents. And so, actually, some children, they'd rather, they'd rather get lickens and get it over with than to be grounded and not go out with their friends. Isn't that true? Like our kids would say, Mom, just give me lickens. I don't want to stay home. I don't want to be at home. I want to go out, but just give me lickens. Just give me five swats, just whatever you want to do. I'll take the pain. I'll take the hit. But I want to do things. In, in other words, we know what it means to be imprisoned by unforgiveness. It's like we want, we want punishment so that we can be free. Well, that's what Jesus did. He took on punishment so that we could be free. But if I don't receive God's forgiveness, then it's like a child saying to the mom or dad, ah, oh, please don't ground me, please don't ground me. And the parents say, okay, you're not grounded. Yeah, but I did wrong. Yeah, I know you did wrong, so you're free. Yeah, but I did wrong, so I'm going to stay in my room. No, you're free to go. I'm giving you forgiveness. You're forgiven of the wrongdoing. And then the children say, that's okay, I did wrong. I'm going to go in my room and lock the door. The parents are like, what are you, crazy? I've forgiven you. But as much as the parent forgives, the child still needs to receive it. And for some of us, we have not yet received God's forgiveness because we know what we've done. And so we say to ourselves, oh, I, I, someone needs to be punished for it. So, Lord, I'm going I'm to go into a self-pity party. I'm going to lock myself in the room. And so we live a life of being imprisoned by unforgiveness that God has already forgiven us for. Everything that God offers us freely ends up being our choice to receive it. We need to be people who say to God, I receive your forgiveness. Because that's going to be the power in which we use to forgive others. Jeremiah 31 verse 34, it says, No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, Know the Lord, because they will all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. See, God chooses to forget our sins because his love is what needs to be displayed. God is love. He's not, God is not unforgiveness. God is a forgiving God. Imagine if God remembered our sins, it would imprison him not to love. But because of his great love for us, he is free from having to remember our wrongs. But if we don't take that principle... We'll imprison ourselves even though God still loves us. Here's the second thing. And this is where it comes to our choice. you got to refuse. Refuse to be imprisoned. Refuse being imprisoned. When you hold unforgiveness against someone else and bitterness and anger and, 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 and resentment and you want revenge, you actually imprison yourself. See, forgiveness, when you give someone forgiveness... It's not for the other person. It's not so they feel better. It's not so that you can reconcile. It's not so that you can get back together again. It's not so that you can uh, uh, be at a, a great relationship again. Oh, that might come in time, and that might be a, a future. But for now, it's to release you from being imprisoned. It's not for the other person. It's for you. Matthew 6, 12 says, And forgive us our debts. As we forgive our debtors. In other words, Jesus was teaching his disciples, this is how you pray. And part of the prayer was to forgive. But we forgive 
we're, we're, we're forgiven as we forgive our debts. A debt is that which is owed. You owe someone something. See, God's grace is given to the ones who is indebted. When you say, well, I'm going to hold on to unforgiveness, then we actually block God's forgiveness to us. And he's saying, I want to forgive you, but you're hanging on to this unforgiveness. I want forgiveness to flow through you. For some of us, we've seen a situation where maybe a family member or a loved one gets into this, uh, this a, a little disagreement with someone or someone got hurt and we're watching this and then we take on the offense and now we have bitterness and anger towards someone else when God's grace is not given to us, it's given to those two or whoever else was in that situation for forgiveness. And let's just say for Heidi and I, I come home and I say, Heidi, you know, so-and-so uh, said these things to me. And, oh, boy, I'm just angry at them. I, uh, now I'm bitter and I have resentment. And Heidi says, whoa, what, they, they did that to you? Let's go and lick them. Let's go, let's go find them. I said, no, 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 it's okay. I'll take care of it. Now, Heidi's all bitter now. She's angry at that person. And now she wants to, you know, tell them something, a thing or two. So now I see that person and I say, you know what, man, what we talked about the other day, that... I, I apologize. Man, I was out of, out of sorts. My anger got the best of me. So can you just forgive me? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I forgive me too. Yeah, we're forgiven. And then everything's good. But I don't tell Heidi. So now we're cruising down the mall, and we see that person. And then Heidi sees that person, and first thing she does is, I like lick that person right there. That's the guy right there. That's the guy. I know that's the guy because I know that's the one you're telling me about. I'm saying, no, no, no we're good. We're good. She's like, no, I'm going to take them out right now. I said, hang on. We're good. What do you mean you're good? Yeah, I talked to him the other day. What do you mean you talked to him the other day? Yeah, we, we've forgiven each other. I, I'm not going to be imprisoned by this unforgiveness. Now Heidi's mad at me because I didn't tell her. And all the time that we were made up and we were good, she was dealing with bitterness and anger and frustration. Now guess what happens? The spirit of unforgiveness jumps on Heidi and I. Because the grace of God wasn't for Heidi, it was for that person and me. Can you see how when we take on an offense from other people, that we imprison ourselves? And God says, don't take on offenses. Because now you're going to deal with bitterness and anger and resentment when the other people are fine. Now there's no grace for you. How are you going to fix that? How, how are you going to make things right? You can't because it wasn't for you. And God says, you, you don't go into those situations. That's between those people because that's where my grace is given. See, the day of the resurrection, when Jesus died on the cross, rose from the grave, the disciples, because they feared the Jews that they were going to uh, take them out as disciples, because of the fear, they were behind closed doors. They locked the doors, and they didn't know what to do. They were saying, what are we going to do? Well, Jesus shows up in their midst. And the first thing Jesus says is, peace be with you. Peace be with you. And then he breathes on them the power of the Holy Spirit. And then this is what he says in John 20, verse 23. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Forgiven means to let go to, to release, to give up a debt, or to remit. 
that you're letting them go. And the disciples knew that this power that was given to them wasn't so that they could just grant people forgiveness and say, oh, you have a problem? I grant you forgiveness. Oh, I grant you forgiveness. Oh, I'm not going to forgive you. It wasn't the power within themselves. It was the power of God that was going to move through them. That they knew it was going to be the Holy Spirit. And at the same time, it wasn't to go and use forgive me or I forgive you as a way to use it as power over someone. Because we can use it in the wrong context. We can do that. And, and probably we've, had, we've done that. We probably have said that to people where we use the words, I forgive you, as a way to say you were wrong. Now, like you go up to someone and, and maybe you got into a fight with them and maybe you and your spouse and then uh, you go up into them the next day and say, you know what, and I'll use Heidi as an illustration. You know what, Heidi, you know, yesterday we got into this fight. You know, I, I know we're, you know, yelling back and forth, but I forgive you. I forgive you for you yelling at me. I forgive you for, for the wrongs that you did. And she's going to be like, wait, 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 you forgive me. I forgive you. I forgive you for what you said to me. No, 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 Heidi. I forgive you for making me mad. No, you're forgiven, Heidi. You're forgiven. You're free. You're free. It's okay. Let me pray for you, Heidi. You're, you're forgiven. Lord, I forgive Heidi, you know, for her wrongdoings and the things she said and the power of Jesus. If I opened my eyes, she probably would have a knife or a bat or something. And because we can use forgiveness in that way, but that's not how forgiveness was intended to be used. It was to be used to cancel out a debt, not to make up another one. And so in the context of forgiveness, Jesus says, no, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna forgive. And when you don't, you actually imprison yourself. Now, I don't know what's happening in our day-to-day, -day, just here locally, but driving has gotten crazy. Like with all the construction going on, like people just go nuts. Now, I live out uh, in Paradise Park. So we have that merge lane, right? That there's construction there. Some of you live out that side, so you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you're in this story, forgive me. Driving home, the right side lane is only open till 6 p.m. Now, 6 p.m. happens, and we're in the left lane, the legal lane. And then here comes people flying it on the right side. And it's past 6 o'clock. It's like 6.03. I'm not, a, you know, I'm not the, the, the police for this. I'm just watching this. At that time, I wish I was one. But I'm just watching this. And you can almost get angry. Like, what? we're all in this line. And all you guys are passing us. And then, and this, this is an actual true story. I'm watching this. I'm like, wow, Heidi, check out those guys. They're just blazing it. And it's past 6. So she goes, I know. They're just going for it. I said, wow, that's, that's just dangerous now so i would look in my rear view mirror here comes this truck in my lane pulls out to block everyone coming from behind and it's almost like you feel good about it it's like yeah yeah block all those people all of them trying to disobey the law we gotta wait in line you all gotta wait in line and then you almost feel good about it and then you see that person pull around that guy and then slows down for that person and you see this whole soap opera happening Right in the midst of traffic. And then as I'm watching this, I'm thinking, wait a minute. They're all imprisoned by their anger. They're all, they're all stuck there now. They have their own merge lane happening. It's like when someone cuts you off, you speed up to go in front of them and slow down. And you, you feel good about it. It's like, yeah, now I go and slow in front of you. And you're late for work. 
but eh, too bad. I feel good about this. You're imprisoned by what they were doing to you. Now you become just like the person you had a hard time with. And that's what Jesus was saying. He was saying, look, forgiveness is not so that you become imprisoned. Forgiveness is so that you say, you know what? I don't need to deal with that. If that's, if that's what you're going to do, then that's fine. But I'm not going to hold on to resentment or bitterness or anger or unforgiveness. That's why he says, if you don't forgive from your heart, which means sometimes you don't need to say to someone, I forgive you. Because they didn't do it as a result of a purposeful thing against you. And now some people have, but when it's an unintentional act against you and you take on an offense, that's why Jesus said you got to forgive from your heart. Because for you to go up to that person and say, you know, five years ago you said this, you know, I forgive you. They're going to be like, well, I'm sorry. Now, if you have not forgiven them from your heart, you're still stuck being in prison. And Jesus said, why are you going to be stuck being in prison? In other words, before you even get into that arena of, of trying to figure out who did what to me and what did they say, go and talk to someone. Talk to someone who loves God, who will point you towards Jesus Christ, because sometimes we just need to talk it out. I love how Ephesians 1, 7 tells us that he is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. See, we can be freed from the imprisonment of holding on to unforgiveness because God purchased our freedom with his very own son, with the blood of of his very own son. He forgave us way more than we're holding against someone else. Way more. So here's the last thing. Because when we get to this point, we're going to have to trust God's healing process. There's a healing process that takes place. Forgiveness is for your healing to take place. The other person may not be healed. And it's not that you don't care about them. But there needs to be healing in our hearts See, you're seeking God's healing and restoration, not reconciliation, not condoning their actions and saying, well, because I'm forgiving you, that means what you did was okay. It doesn't mean you're condoning their actions. You're healing from what is damaging your soul. It's like getting a deep wound. You know, the deeper the wound, the longer it takes to heal. And so if you have a deep wound and then, the, you know, you're bandaged up, let's just say you're bandaged up, God is saying, now you've got to trust the healing process. Don't be revisiting it over and over and sh- show people and, and start gossiping about it and, and now I have to tell everybody about what happened. No, you bring it to me and I will help you with the healing process. But some of us, we have wounds all over. We have a bandage on our arm because someone said something. We have a bandage on our chest because someone hurt our heart. We have a bandage right on our leg because someone said something that really, really made us angry. So we have all these bandages and and people are saying, hey, so how are you? What what is going on? Well, you're like, see, this is what happened. You know what I did? God, check them out. Oh, look at the wound. See, that's the, you know that person. Yeah, that's what they said to me. Okay, I put them back. (laughs) I put a soul. And you put it back and you bandage it up nice and well. And then someone says, hey, I heard about this. What happened? Well, let me show you. Check out this one. <laughs> Do you see that wound? That's what they did. That's what they did. I got to put them back. Now. Okay. 
you put it back on, and then, and then you go on, and you're just, just at work or something, and someone says, hey, I heard so-and-so. Yeah, yeah, you like see. Okay, hang on. This one, this one is so on. Check them out. You see, look, you can see bone. You see the bone? That one went deep. That one went deep. I got to cover them because I'm getting infected. And so you cover it up, and then you're walking away, and you're all limping, and people are looking at you like, well, what's wrong with this guy? Oh, he boss up. That guy boss up. He is boss up. You know, people did this against him, did that. Fifteen years later, doing the same thing. You see them at work. And that's, you, you walk around as a hurt victim. And the person that did all those things, they're like, hey, how's it, brother? How are you doing? Yeah, I went on cruise the other week. It was so good fun. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Show you on cruise. And you, there's, there's like, you, you can't live because they're free. But we are choosing not to trust God's healing process. And we're saying, look at all these things. And God is saying, hang on. This is what he says in Jeremiah 17, 14. Heal me, O Lord. And I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved, for you are my praise. You want to find true healing? Instead of praising the, the wrongs that have been done and saying, oh, yeah, this person did this, this person did that, and oh, boy, this is what I'm going through, praise God, not for what happened, but for what he's about to do. Just say, Lord, I praise you for the healing process. I praise you because this is who you created me to be. That is not me. I'm not this wounded person anymore. You forgave me, and your forgiveness to me goes deeper than any wound. And so your healing process is going to take place, and the Holy Spirit will bring the healing at just the right time. Did you know that forgiveness actually lowers your blood pressure and gives you better health? Because when you're holding on to it, your body keeps record. We're not made to hold on to forgiveness. Philippians 4, 6, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So what happens when we forgive? Imagine, just imagine the peace of God guarding your heart. You can't explain it, but your heart will now be guarded by him. Your mind will be protected by his spirit. And all through the power of Jesus who understands everything that you and I have gone through because he's been through it all. You're going to hear a testimony from Janelle Feldmeyer. She's going to come up and... Just her story alone is going to speak in this area of forgiveness. Could we welcome up Janelle Feldmeyer as she comes and shares. Thank, Thank you, Janelle. You. Good morning. So this morning I want to come before you um, and I want to have no title. I want to have no ministry affiliation. I want to unframe any way that you um, view me or think me if you've um, run across me in the church in any way. And I want to come before you just simply as a woman. And I want to come before you and tell you that I'm a woman who has been broken. And I've been deeply, deeply wounded. And I want to give you hope by hearing a little bit of the story of my life. I want you to know a few things about me 
Um, but before I tell you these things, I want you to know that I was saved as a child. And so everything that happened to me came within the covering and the promise of Christ of healing. So I was born into a family that was broken. We became children who were broken because of my parents' brokenness. We became children that grew up with broken hearts and broken lives that entered into adulthood making broken decisions and leading broken lives. My two events that I really want to share with you are two devastating things that happened to me as I was an adult. Stepped into a situation that allowed me to be raped as a, a woman, violently beaten and assaulted, almost to the point of death. A violence done to me by a stranger, tremendous insult and wounding. I was never healed from that, though I received counseling and all of the things that you're supposed to do. I made a terrible decision in the wake of that event. And I married a man that I never should have even associated with, a marriage uncovered by God, ill-begotten, conceived in the minds of two very broken people. And within a very few months of being married in the wrong marriage, in a broken life, I became an abused woman. And then very shortly after that, a pregnant woman. And a pregnant woman who lost a child to the actions of domestic violence. I was so wounded that I had no hope. And there was no human really on the planet that could help me. My only way back out of all the things that started festering in my life, I was angry, I was suspicious, I was hateful, I was distant, I was untouchable because I was never gonna let anyone break my heart or my mind again. My way back was understanding that all the things that began to take over my life were not things I wanted. It's not who I wanted to be. And yet I could not be anything else because all of these things colored my life so much. It was only in realizing that the subject of forgiveness is a well. It's a well for us. It can become, if we choose not to forgive, it can become the slimiest pit we will ever live in and we have no opportunity out of it. Or on the other hand, in relationship with Christ and in kneeling, and doing the process of forgiveness that he invites us into, it can become a well of living water for us. And he can wash us. And he can 
make us whole again. I share these things about my life with you, not so that you can see me, so that you can look into the own places in your own heart, or even bust it up. But you can look at me, and I want you to, over the course of time, or in any of my past that you've known, because I have joy. I have love and the grace of Christ on me. And I want, with everything in my life, to share that with all of my brothers and sisters. I want to be a light in a dark, hard world. So I just want to thank you. I want to thank Pastor Shelton. I want to thank you all. I just want to give my life to you. You're my brothers and sisters. Can you guys say thank you, Jesus, with me? Thank you. Let me say thank you to Janelle for sharing this morning. Would you pray with me as we bow our heads together? Lord, we're so grateful for your forgiveness. And that's the only way we're going to understand what true forgiveness is. It's to understand your forgiveness to us. I know there are some this morning that maybe they don't know what forgiveness is. Maybe they've never been forgiven by you. And so, Lord, right now, is our opportunity to ask you for forgiveness. And if you're here this morning and you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ and you would like to, you would want his forgiveness, would you just lift a hand just real briefly and we'll pray together and God will see your hand, he'll see your heart. Yeah, anybody else, you're saying, I want to give Jesus my heart. I'm going to ask him for forgiveness today. Anyone else? Okay, okay, God sees your hand. God bless you. Okay, you can put your hands down. Many of us, even as Christians, we're saying, Lord, there's, there's things that we do, even as Christians, that, Lord, we need to ask you for forgiveness. And we do, but, Lord, today is a, it's different, Lord. I, I want it to be where I'm healing from deep within. And it's not just going to be words, Lord. It's going to be your spirit. And if you're saying, Lord, I want to I get back to the cross of forgiveness, would you just lift a hand? And you're saying, Lord... I want that forgiveness once again. Yeah, let's put our hands down. Let's all say this prayer together, especially for those that are saying this for the very first time. And here's our prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for dying on the cross and rising again from the grave to give me a future and a hope. I believe in you. I give you my heart in exchange for yours. Thank you for new life and a new beginning. In Jesus' name I pray. And Lord, that's our prayer. We thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you for the love that you have given to us. And Lord, we know that you are doing great things. And so we pray for all of us. That if there's anything holding us back from unforgiveness, that your spirit would move in our hearts so that we could be set free from any bitterness or anger or resentment, anything holding us back for being all that you created us to be. We pray this in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen.